0: Good morning, everybody. If you are new in the room or new online, my name's Troy. and the pastor here. I am so glad that you've joined us um, because I want to share with you a meme that came up on my social media feed in recent times. I love a good meme as much as anybody. And this one came up and as well as priceless. And I thought that I would share it with you. Um, I'm not quite sure if you can see that properly. Uh, I hope that you can. Ryan Gosling there having a little bit of a laugh and saying, when a newer parent says that they think parenthood will be easier when their kids get older. Is that true? Is that is that is that right or not from, from, from parents? Now, For those of us with younger kids here today, we might be thinking all that we need to do is just get through these years because it'll be easier when our kids get older. And I can understand that sentiment, particularly when, you know what, your sleep sleep is regularly interrupted, when the kids are always sick, when you are always tired, and when you don't have any time to do the stuff that you want and need to do yourself. But whether this this meme is right or not. And then, and some people will say yes and no <laughs> towards that. What we do know is that uh, as parents know, or will soon know as they go through the parenting journey is this, every stage of parenting is hard. We would say that every parent stage of parenting is particularly hard. And, um, you know, you might think that, you know, it'd be good when the kids get older because they'll sleep more. And that is true. But what many of us also know is saying, as our kids get older, older, that's all they do. All they do is sleep. But as your kids get older, that brings up a whole lot of other issues that you've never had to deal with before. And sometimes you long for the times when all you had to worry about was if the kids were going to go and join you in the bed in the middle of the night and disturb your sleep. <coughs> You see, why it can be sometimes harder to parent as they, as your kids get older can be for a whole range of reasons. It could be because of situations just like this. Let's watch this now. How do do
1: this? Right, now
0: don't panic. Get into first. The car is on. Right, ready? I'm going to drop the clutch, put the revs on. Yep. And let the clutch out gently. Revs. Yep, go. No, I've still it. So rev it up and slowly. Yep, keep revving. Keep revving. Own. Kieran, stick to the left. Yeah. Woo! Woo! <laughs> oh! oh. Burn the rubber. Oh. Sorry, I had to get out of that. No, stay in the fourth. Why?
1: You're in nothing. No. Watch the fence. Oh, my neck. This will be a chiropractic job. Change
0: down to second. Second, I mean, Just Change down to second. Yep. It's a T-junction. Turn right. Turn right. Turn right down. Watch. It's here, mum. Yep. Just what? stop you yelling. Oh. It's not being helpful. Oh, there's a car coming in. That's a caravan. Keep going. What <laughs> am I meant to make? What's the white page? Oh, oh you're close. It says freeway. Why are we stop. going on the freeway? Do I go? Do I go? Do I. Go? Do... You need to change gears, Love? You need to change
1: gears. Get into first. Get into first. A second. Wow. The back
0: windscreen wiper is. Why is the back screen, how do I turn the back screen and more? right? Go
1: on that, on second, second, god
0: It's okay, it's all right, we're all good Third Third, go third Oh, the gearbox gear Wow, box. I need to check They're up after this out. Do not rev that when you're gear changing
1: bolt. gears These are blind corners, we still have the rear Which screen? How left. do I turn it off?
0: Okay. Is that off?
1: It will stop now. Okay, it's
0: yeah. it's off. Change into first. Change into first. Oh, first. Oh. Yeah, well done. You have to be very careful here, Kieran, because on the left, I hate to tell you, it's a sheer drop. Oh, isn't that nice to hear? Crunch it. Uh, yeah. Into fourth up. Into fourth. Oh, watch the road. Watch the road. And then line it up. You're going to break at the double line. There's a car. Yeah. And stop. Stop. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. And red? Um. You need the revs up. Watch. Okay, rev it, rev it, rev it, and and go. Go, 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 rev. Woo! Watch! Watch! Second, 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 and watch the cars. (laughs) So does, does... Is that scenario... One that any of us can relate to, as, as both the ones who's learning to drive and as a parents trying to teach to drive. Yeah, we, we know exactly what that's like. Young parents, this is what you have to look forward to. There are some things worse than walking on some random piece of Lego in the middle of the night. This this is perhaps the most the worst thing to look forward to. You know, when when it comes to parenting, parents will often feel that as our kids get older that they need us less and less. But the reality is, the truth is, that as our kids get older, they need parental influence just as much. Because as much as they may be getting older, and even though their independence may be growing and rudely start making decisions for themselves, they're still lacking one thing in particular, and that is what? Wisdom. They don't know all the stuff that there is, even though they're getting older and that. So in this second week of our In The Family series, we're going to be looking at how we can positively influence our children, children of all ages. But today we're going to be focusing particularly on teenage and young adults in particular. And um, and, and so this is what we're going to be looking at. Now, just as a little bit of a reminder, what we're talking about when it comes to influence is this, by definition, Influence is is about the process of producing the effects on the actions, behavior, opinions of another person. That's what we mean by influence. So we're talking about how do we positively impact family members, family members that we love when when things could and should change from where they are now or for where and our, the our, our family members are heading along a trajectory, which could actually cause them problems in the future. We need to recognise that we have an opportunity and an obligation to influence them out of our love for them. Now, the influence that parents can have upon their kids really depends on the age or the life stage of the kids themselves. And so our parent, the influence that we are to have upon our kids very much reflects our parental responsibilities. Now, um. There are many different ways to look at this and, and some people might put things a little bit differently, but some suggest that with love underpinning it at all, these are the four main stages of parenting as a result and, and the responsibilities that actually come up in, in those particular stages. So when it comes to our influence, understanding life stage is important. So when our kids are before primary school, we recognise that the primary responsibility and therefore influence of parents is when around the protection and nurture of our children, particularly because they are so vulnerable and helpless in their young state. The second responsibility is starting to teach very basic right and wrongs and the notion of consequences in age-appropriate ways in this category. But then we move on to the primary school ages themselves and our primary responsibility as parents, with a love underpinning it all, is teaching right and wrong, starting to introduce the notion of consequences, starting to teach age-specific responsibility to our kids. And then when we hit high school, we're still trying to teach them right and wrong. Why? Because as they get older, there's a lot more opportunities for them to have um, experiences about what is right and what is wrong. And then you start introducing the notion of consequences even more, including natural consequences and enforced consequences, enforced consequences being through the nature of discipline sometimes. Now, in this stage also is, as many of us may know, this is when the stage where we have to start introducing the concept of the, that the parent is not going to come and rescue you all the time. Now, for many of us, we, for many kids, they think, oh, just because something's gone wrong, my mum and dad are going to fix it up. My dad's going to fix it up. My mum's going to fix it up. They're going to f- come in and rescue the situation. But in the high school years, we're starting to teach them, no, what, I'm not always going to come and rescue you here. You've got to have to deal with that yourself as a result of your consequences. But also as part of the parenting, the parental influence, we're starting to teach more responsibility in the high school years and start teaching life skills. Like driving, for instance, that's part of our parental responsibilities. And then when you get to young adulthood, then ultimately you start teaching real life skills, or as we call it in our family, isn't it? We call it adulting. You know, we're trying to teach them about our children about how to be um, an adult, including what does it mean to be have adult responsibility. You know, a lot of times when we've had conversations with our with our daughter Taylor, it's been no, look, you're not a kid anymore. You're an adult. This is what it means to be an adult, and so you have to do this for yourself because that's what it means to be an adult, and in the midst of doing that, you then have the opportunity to impart wisdom that you have as a parent. Now, when I say parent, obviously I'm talking grandparents as well in the midst of that as well. Now. This, this table up here is actually consistent with a few passages from the Bible, which speak directly about parenting. One of which is from Proverbs chapter 22, which says this, which many of us will be familiar with. It says, "Teach your child, your children, right from wrong, and when they are grown, they'll still do what is right." So this this passage here reflects that part of the table earlier on, and saying one of the main parental responsibilities, our influence, is to actually teach our kids right from wrong. And so hopefully that as they grow older, the morality that we have influenced them with, that they have seen and that we've taught them with, they hold on to that as they grow up. So that, this passage particularly relates to when our kids are, are, are younger. But when the kids get older, there's another passage which probably speaks to parenting a whole lot more. And that's from Ephesians, from, from the Apostle Paul writes, because he says these famous words that you may already know. He says, fathers, he could also mean mothers here, but he's, he's picking on dads here for a second. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. In other words, do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial or unreasonable or humiliating or abusive, nor by showing favoritism or indifference to any of them, but rather bring them up tenderly with loving kindness in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. Now, these two passages here from Proverbs and Ephesians speak to what our our parental influences can be and also has a little bit of warning there for us as parents about ways that we can influence our children well, things to be aware of that we don't drift into because otherwise we're going to influence them negatively. And we want to try and avoid that. And so what we want to try and do today is that with that understanding of our basic um, seasons of parenting, as well as some of the biblical encouragements that we want to have a talk a little bit more about how we can positively influence our children. And so with that, I want to bring up the parenting expert, my wife, um, because she is an awesome mum. And so I want to bring up Edwina and we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about our particular experiences when it comes to um, our, our parenting. Now, we're going to be talking about stuff that we have learnt ourselves, but also through our years of pastoring and helping other families along the way as well. But one thing we have to say right up front is this um, Edwina and myself, oh, I don't know where this came from, but did you bring this? I found it,
1: Jimmy, you know,
0: correct? <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know about you, but um, this is relatively easy, isn't it? Just juggling one ball. We can all all do this really well. Well, from a parental perspective, this is all that Edwina and myself have had to do our entire parenting life. We only have one child, and so we only know how to juggle one parental ball. Sometimes I drop the ball, obviously, from time to time. But we only know how to juggle one ball. And our ball that we've needed to juggle has been relatively easy to do in the whole scheme of things. Some of you, though, you have needing to juggle multiple balls multiple balls, and sometimes the balls that you're juggling, your children are very different. For some of you, you (laughs) are trying to juggle a bowling ball and a table tennis ball. Such different is your children. And so you don't, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff you're trying to deal with with that. For others of us, we're dealing with blended families, we're dealing with um, uh, foster parenting or adoption, which adds extra layers in there as well. So please know that um, we don't know what that's like at all. All that Edwina and myself know, we know this, and when we sometimes catch it most of the time. We don't know a lot of times about what it's like in your particular situation, but hopefully there's some things that we can share from our journey that may be common to all of our parenting experiences. So, we're going to have a chat about that for a little while. Is that, is that okay if we do that? All right. So, Edwina, I have a question for you. I'm sure you do, <laughs> and I apologize for my voice. Husky Ed today. Husky Ed today. (laughs) All right. So um, what is the... uh, Let me ask you to start off. What is the greatest uh, lesson that you have learned when it comes to influencing... having influence with children?
1: Before I answer that, can I say something else? Yeah. Something that you said about the fact that we're only focusing on... um, What did you say? Like high school and young adults or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the things I I want to add to that is that... In our experience, our kids hit the the milestone way before we think they've hit the milestone. So it's like, she's not 13 yet, we don't have to worry about the teenage years. Like, that happens way before we're ready. And so, um, this is not my answer, but um, parenting... Pre-parenting the stage, um, I think, is really important yep. and being ready to do it because they will get there. You'll kind of turn around and they, they've they already been there for like a year at that stage and, of course, everyone's getting younger and younger at doing things, so... OK.
0: So is there anything else that you've... Or some greatest lessons that you've learnt when it comes to influencing our child and, and children in general?
1: Um. Yeah, I think in in... Influencing Taylor and also in my experiences as a child and being parented, is to keep the relationship. Okay. Like no matter what has is happening, has happened, is is to keep that relationship um, going. Now, obviously, if they're they're young and they can't drive away and they can't escape and survive, then they have to stay with you and stay in relationship. Yeah. But I think that just gets more and more important as they get more and more freedom is that no matter what happens that we keep the relationship and um, do I talk about my parent face yet? Or is that later? Yeah? Oh,
0: whatever you want, you've got the microphone.
1: Part of the keeping relationship in in my experience was um, practicing, and I don't know if Taylor's watching this. I hope she's not, she should be studying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All our secrets. ..is um, what I call parent face of just calm on the outside. No matter what is happening and what is being... ..what I'm hearing and what is being described. And so that kind of freaking out on the inside instead of freaking out on the outside has helped keep that relationship. OK. Um, and, and, and that understanding that it doesn't actually matter what you do...
0: Yeah.
1: ..we are still going to be OK. Okay. I'm going to be mad, probably, about something, okay. but that there is no doubt that the relationship will stand.
0: Okay. Okay. So, so what we know is saying that uh, you can't influence your child if you don't have a relationship. Yep. That that that's one of the big things. But what we also know is that just because you have a relationship with your child doesn't mean that you've got automatically got influence. And so for us to we what we recognise in saying that um, yes Taylor still talks to us and all that sort of stuff uh, to some extent, but that doesn't mean we have influence. Influence ultimately comes through engagement. You can't have influence without relationship, but you can't also have influence um, without engagement. So it's about also talking about how do we engage with our child so that we can actually have influence associated with that.
1: I think, it, like, if my dad was here, he would say that exactly that because I would stay in relationship, but he would say he could tell... When he would say the shutters would go down, and it's like I would sit there for the next hour, but like I was not there, mm. and he could rant and rave and yell, and, and he would know this is a waste of time because mm. she's gone. She will sit in that chair until I tell her to go to her room, but yeah, that I've, I've disengaged. I've not. I'm not listening anymore. I'm not. I doesn't matter what you say. I don't care.
0: Yeah. So we've got to look for ways to, even if the relationship is maintained, about how do we engage with Stay with, with engaged, our kids, yeah. no matter what age that they may be. One of the other things that, that I that I've learned the hard way is um, about how do you uh, about parenting towards behaviour uh, towards relationship, not behaviour. You know, one of the great things that I I really appreciate about Edwina's uh, parenting style is that she has always parented Taylor towards a relationship, an ongoing relationship with her, not necessarily behaviour modification. Whereas myself, one of the great, great mistakes that I've made perhaps too many times, is saying that I've seen Taylor do something and I've responded automatically to that and wanting to react and respond. And I was just thinking about trying to correct her behaviour without any thought at all about what the impact is going to be upon my relationship with her. So sometimes I, I, I may have been over uh, heavy-handed with the discipline um, and and that's actually affected Taylor's relationship with me. I didn't think about that at the time. All of I thought I needed to do was correct her behaviour. Um, and so I've, as a dad, I've, I've suffered because of that. Whereas I think Edwina, observing Edwina as mum, that she's always, not that she hasn't disciplined uh, Taylor, but she's always disciplined with the relationship in mind, saying, how do I still maintain that good relationship but still bring in a, a discipline that's going to help um, help the relationship but also help influence Taylor as well? And it's one of those really great things that I've seen seen—I've seen you do. Whereas, what I have learnt from you is that difference on how we've, we've been... And so you have been one of the great parental influences on me because of the way that you have per, uh, parented, tailored towards relationship, not merely behaviour, the what the right behaviour is. So that's one, that's one of those I- interesting things. Now... Um... Well, my question to you then is, is influence...
1: Do you think inv- influence just comes through talking, through conversation? Yep. Or do you do you think it comes other, other ways or a bit of both?
0: Well, I think, I think, um, I think it's a good question. And I, I'm knowing and seeing how you, the influence that you've had with Taylor, you, clearly you, you guys talk all the time. Like, I, and I get... Feel, I, Too I feel, much, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I get told things, you know, a little bit later, what, what, what's going on. But Adrena and Taylor, they, they talk all the time. But clearly there's an opportunity for us to model as well about particular things that we're wanting... To to influence Taylor with as well, like for instance, when she was a teenage years, you um, know, our previous home back down in Campbelltown, you know, we were on her back a little bit about cleaning up her room. Like most teenage parents have that struggle, um, maybe some younger younger uh, kids as well in the midst of that. But I, I feel like I've we we lost influence with her because there wasn't consistency. Her room's a mess. We're saying you've got to clean up your room, but our house was a mess, you know. And so if we weren't modelling the type of of, of, um, of things that we want to see Taylor actually develop in, then we, we, we've lost that. We, we've lost it. So modelling is really important for us. Particularly, you know, if we, we, we say that we want to influence her in regards to her relationship with her friends, for instance, and she's got to make amends with a, fr- uh, uh, with a friend for something that's gone on. But if she knows, clearly knows, that that you or I, more me, um, have unhealthy relationships in my life, then we lose influence upon her about why she should actually make amends with her friend. Because I have unhealthy... And she knows that I've got unhealthy relationships in my life. So um, the modelling is also in- incredibly important when it, comes to, um, when, it, when it comes to influencing. Do you have anything else to add to that?
1: Oh, I think that even from a young age, they are absolute magnets for hypocrisy. Even if they can't, they very quickly are able to use that word and say that. But even before they can articulate, I think they're... Even from a young age, Taylor was very quick. If she's like... If if what you're saying and what you're doing is different, um, they picked that up so quickly. It was worse for us because she, she got to watch what she called Sunday Mum and Dad. And... Then Monday to Saturday, mum and dad. And so anything that we would say publicly, if we didn't do that privately, you can tell she's a lawyer, I'm trying to be a lawyer now, <laughs> um, she would like, she'd call us out on it. And it started quite innocently. Um, but once you hit teenage years, like, that's just a win. If you, if you can point out hypocrisy in your parents, that's a good day. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, but you know, whether it's, you know, the house is a mess, but we're making her clean up her room, or even just, you know, do what I do, not what I say kind of Ooh. thing, yeah. um, that's where we lose influence. Well, that's yeah. where we lost influence. Yeah, that's right. Um, that, that's right. Uh, in terms of just, um, not like you lie, um, but yeah, don't, like in- inconsistencies. Yeah. Are massively highlighted, I think, when you're looking at your parents and yep. what they're getting you to do.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said before that, that you were really great at influencing Taylor through conversation. You, you talk with her quite regularly. Um, what do you do if your child, be it particularly when it hits the teenage years, when they don't want to talk, yeah. how would you start creating that type of environment where you can, where you start having that? influential conversations with your your child?
1: I think there's one thing I learnt from someone else very early and then there's another thing. So I'll answer this in two prongs. The first thing I heard very early was um, to pay attention. And I think in our circumstance, um, I've always worked. We've both always worked full-time and I've always studied. So... Um, I can, and I'm a multitasker, so I can't do one thing and not do a second thing. So if you're on a Zoom call with me or a phone call, I'm probably doing something else at the same time. <laughs> like, I can't help myself. So when it comes to parenting, and particularly when where I was always so busy, the thing I learnt very early was to give immediate and full attention, um, which was very hard for me. And I had physically... Um, this is the piece of advice that I was given, was to physically turn to them. And and every time Taylor came home, we used to live in a house where she would have to come home and come down some spiral stairs into my office. And I was always in my office, always probably too much in my office, studying and working. But I learned to physically turn my chair to her when she walked down the stairs. It didn't matter what I was doing or what, like... What I was in the middle of, it was always the worst moment. Um, but to physically turn my chair to her and give her my full attention. Um, and when she was little, she would then climb up on my lap to the point now where the other day she walked into my office and I've obviously been doing it so long, I physically turned in my chair to her and she sat down on my lap. Still to this day, like she's 21. And I think that, even if it was like... For a couple of moments, taught her that she's important, and 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 so I think um, in those moments she kind of trusted that I could have her that she would have my attention, but then they don't like. I'm a scheduled person. She does not want to talk when I have time to talk. You know, if I could schedule chats with Taylor and make my life much easier, and that whole meme when you said it gets harder, when she was little, like life was crazy when she was little, but it's scheduled crazy because it's crazy from the moment they wake up till you get them to school and then like that crazy nighttime thing, like you just knew that it would be crazy then. As they get older, it's unscheduled, and I find that very. ..disruptive to my life. Um, And even now, last night... I hope Taylor's not watching. Last night, I'm trying to watch this great show. And she adulted something for the first time last night. She booked her first hotel room. It took us like an hour. And she, like, called me four times. Because, you know, it's a bit scary. You're giving your credit card details and what does all this mean... But it's like in those moments of understanding when she, when she needed to talk. Now, that wasn't talking, that was just adulting. But I think with Taylor, we learnt, well, I learnt that the, the triggers... Like, it would never be when I wanted to talk or when I thought she needed to talk. But I learnt that the two things in Taylor from paying attention... ...and then I created these environments... ...was if we were in the car, driving for more than, like, 20 minutes... Um, And if we were listening to her music, that would be one... ..it would just pour out of her by about 25 minutes. And if I fed her. um, She loved it when I would buy her milkshakes. It's a thing now. We just call it milkshakes and macarons. But I would pick her up from school and if there was something we needed to talk about... ..it wasn't good for our budget. But um, we'd go to the cafe and we'd sit down. And um, she didn't twig till probably year 11... That this was something I consciously um, did, and I would say to you, it's all right. We'll do milkshakes and macaron, and and it's just if she was eating, she was talking.
0: So what, what you're saying is look for look for opportunities where you know your child usually talks a lot more than other times yep. and try and use, create, pull, cre- some create, create opportunities to go to those environments or that, that particular is not situation. not manipulative to. at all. It's just called parenting. No, no, so, but it, it's, a, it's creating a space that you know that they're going to, going to talk. Yeah. And when, when there's conversation, there's obviously the opportunities then to influence. So you mentioned before about one of the great lessons you learnt was saying don't freak out. No matter what they say, just put on a, a, on a calm face sort of thing and yep. don't react. Well, why don't you want to react when... When it comes to the news that they tell you, well, well, well how does that how does that impact your influence upon uh, upon a child? Well, I get, this is just this is Taylor specific, but as soon as
1: I would react, she'd stop talking, mm. um, and so, um, and I think, you know, there is there is a stage where what they're starting to tell you is actually really serious mm. things. Cool. Um, but if they already, I don't know, or like even today, Taylor will say, like, don't freak out before she says something. I'm like, I've never freaked out. But even, yeah, you do. But that's right. Um,
0: <laughs> there's, that's I, why she comes to talk to you <laughs> not me, because I freak out.
1: You know, we all, we uh, all kind of do that, I think, but it, it's getting to the point. It, 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 it's, it's proving that they can say anything. I wanted her to be able to say anything to us safely. And even though we'd always said to her, you can tell us anything. You can tell us anything. Well, if, like, I explode with not only anger or just freaking out Mm -hmm. every time she says something, she's not going to talk to me anymore. Most of the time it was actually about her friends or if it was about something that was happening at school, particularly during high school. And my goodness, she went to a Christian school and if that stuff's happening in a Christian school, I would just... Oh my gosh, I got so good at mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just listening to what's happened and what's going on and what our friends are doing. And and I think that's that just it it became hopefully a safe
0: yeah. place. So that that's one of the ways that you have, have found to um, to foster a great relationship of influence with, with Taylor. One of the things that I, I've found also quite helpful is the opportunities to share in your mistakes. Like, oh, ta- Taylor H. knows most of my mistakes. I'm not sure if you have, have ever in the past, um, but one of the attitudes that, that, that I needed to take was, sort of I need to tell Taylor of the majority of my mistakes and not be... Um, not be ashamed of that, but be open and transparent about that because ultimately if she knows that I've made mistakes and talk to her about my learning experiences through that, then hopefully she'll be able, she'll be able to know that, well, Dad's not perfect, far from perfect, um, then I might be able to share that with him as well. So I've got to be able to be prepared to talk about my mistakes. Uh, and to apologise. Yeah, to, to apologise. and to be able to say lot.
1: sorry to yeah. them when you've done... you've actually done the wrong thing.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. A- absolutely. So, so when it comes to um, situations like, how do you discern when you know when to sow seeds of influence and when to directly confront to, to, to confront your, the, your your child over a particular thing? How, how would you well, do why do you that?
1: answer that first while well, I think about
0: that? <laughs> well, I suppose for myself, uh, you know, what we've, what we've learned from our journey is saying that not everything that your children come and talk to you about is of equal value. And so you've got to then understand, OK, this is not so important, so I'm just going to just maybe sow some inv- seeds of influence in that, where there's some things that are major issues that need to be spoken about and, and confronted directly at that particular time. I guess it's a bit of parental wisdom and knowing what's important and what's not. Don't react carte blanche across the board about every situation that your child comes with, but just choosing to know, what do I need to respond to here? What do I need to sow? Just little seeds of influence here, and what do I need to confront, I, I guess.
1: Uh, like the adage of, you know, choose your battles and and what hill you're going to die on. Um, I think... Yeah, I think it was particularly, like, between the age of, like, 10... And 15 um, it, it was like there's all like it was constant and I think just deciding what how did, like when to keep your powder dry kind yep. of thing of like just we can't bang on about everything mm. um, because she just you know again this is this was Taylor it's just it's like blah 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 so if we're going to like make an issue of something, make it an important issue, yeah. not like get by the time we get to that, we've already banged on about five other things that actually didn't matter yeah. and so yeah. she's not she's not listening
0: anymore. So what do you do then when it comes to situations do you feel like to when when Taylor or when, when children in, in uh, general, you know they make decisions, or start and get involved in things that you strongly disagree with. What do you? What would you suggest about that? How do you parent and how do you influence? And when they're in situations that you morally or strongly um, object against, you have who you have problems with. What, what, what would you say to, to to that?
1: Well, up to a certain point, you just say no. <laughs> but that doesn't work long term, unfortunately. Um, Keep the relationship. Um, Always be clear on what our thoughts were so that she was in no doubt. For Taylor, we were quite um, lucky in the sense that it often wasn't her, it was her friends or her situation or or things that she wanted to do. Um, So I think... It was case by case. It was keep the relationship, but be brave. And I think... um, It it was more about... um, And again, as I said, it was more about Taylor and her... It was more about her friends and and what was going on in their friend group. Trusting her. Mm. Trusting her, but not being stupid and... um, I don't think I'm making much sense here. Um, just being brave and courageous and praying, <laughs> praying, praying, praying.
0: So one of the other things that I think that we've learned too is saying that taking the, the model of Jesus, um, we know from Matthew chapter 11 that it's called Jesus, Jesus the friend of sinners. And so he was prepared to go to parties and have dinner with and hang out with people who he had ordinarily would not want to do or would think that they're what they're doing and the way they're living their life is not right. But Jesus was a friend of sinners. And so he didn't go, no, no, I'm not having anything to do with that. He is then actively involved in engaging with people because he knew that the relationship is influence. And so for many of us, I think there's, there's circumstances when we think, you know what, I'm not going to be involved in that because I don't agree with that. But if we do that, then we might lose influence. Take, take example from our, from our saviour and go, you know what, Jesus was a friend of sinners. And if Jesus can go and, and hang out with... You know, using the stories from the scripture, he can go and hang out with prostitutes and people who rip people off and were deceptive and all this sort of stuff. If he can do that, then what can we do then as Jesus in this world to the people that we love in our world? So, you know, Jesus, friend of sinners, I think, is a really, really important one when it comes to how do we still engage as parents and influence our kids in different situations that we may not ordinarily agree with.
1: Yeah, and I think... Um for, I mean, every generation is different, but in our generation, there were lots of books she wanted to read, movies she wanted to watch, social media she wanted to be on, and um, and navigating all of that kind of thing. Um, blanket nose weren't going to cut it in terms of that, that showed that we had disengaged. And so um, we set up rules like you know she wasn't allowed to read a book until I'd read it or I found an amazing website that actually you know kind of graded books for parents and children she wasn't allowed to watch a movie you know like hunger games and divergent and all these things were like huge when she was out like thankfully they all had books and so it was like well you can't watch the movie till you've read the book and I'll read the book at the same time and so it what they weren't knows but they were let's look at this together um, ..social media, all that kind of stuff. I think one of the biggest things that has helped is that um, we've kept up with that. We know what all these things are. We were on them with her. Um uh, you know, she was never allowed into these, you know, online places and that kind of stuff unless we were in there too and knew what it was and sure. all that kind of stuff.
0: That's good. That's good. So really just quickly, trying to bring this in for a quick landing, um, is um, how would you spiritually influence your children? We're talking about relationally and, and socially and things like that. How, how, would you, how do you spiritually influence your kids? Um, well, look...
1: We're different because, like, this, we just bang on about spiritual stuff all the time because, as pastors, I think she got really sick of it. And so this might be very Taylor-specific and not general, but, like, we're always talking about spiritual things to everybody, not just to her. Um, so it was very much what we did and pretty much anything we said was rejected almost. Um, so... Because that's what that you know. Of course, you're going to say that your pastors. Of course, you're going to say I have to read my Bible. Of course, you're going to say I have to go to church. All those kind of things. So I think it was much more what what we did and what she saw us do. So we never had like formal prayer times around the dining room table or any of that kind of stuff. Well, we but, prayed, we, but we yeah, we prayed but we with constantly that. prayed yeah. like. She never saw us do that, but she knew that every time we got in the car to go on a holiday, we prayed. Every time somebody had something big on, we prayed. Mm. Every time, you know, we were constantly praying. Like, that's doing, not... And she would see us read our Bible. She would see us do things that was much more influential than us telling her anything.
0: One of the other things that I've seen people tell me to do, when it gets to their, when kids have made decision about Jesus for themselves, and if they don't necessarily continue to follow in the same faith that you do, I know that some people have chosen to go, well, it begins up becoming a confrontation point with our kids, Um, so, you know, talking about Jesus and all that sort of stuff, and so what they describe, well, I'm going to take the confrontation out of it by not actually speaking to them about it, but I'm going to influence them by writing letters. So sometimes writing a letter can take the can take the confrontation out, but you can still influence nonetheless. So you can, you can talk about positive, loving things associated with the relationship, but also talk about you know about what God may be wanting for them and, or what we're, what you're praying for them about and things like that. And You can say so you can raise spiritual issues with your kids without actually having the confrontation with your children in case that that's something uh, uh, it, it defines the the nature of relationship that you have with 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 your kids. Um, so that. That's what some other people have suggested in there as well. So, um, so that that's good. Now, just just to finish off, um, when it comes to um, spiritually influencing our kids, um, one of the I just want to just come in for a landing with, with this particular thing, and, and that is that um, I've through, through the years of, of, of ministry, I've had the uh, I've had the privilege of hearing lots of people say things. You know what? We love. Oh, thank you, Edwina. Um, Okay, um, so you know what, we love, um, we love our kids and we love our grandkids, but um, we don't like other people's kids. We don't like other people's kids at all. We only like and care about our kids or our grandkids. And, um, and so my, my, if that is a sort of attitude that you have or that you have actually said, then can I get you to consider a different perspective? You may have heard me talk about, you know, church will only be like family if we see it as family. And so what we have to understand is saying the kids that are part of our church family effectively then become your kids as well. There's not a separation between, yes, there's a special a, a relationship with the biological kids, if you like, but if we are part of a church family, then these kids are our family. And so for some of us in particular, we know, we know that, we, um, that our kids or grandkids are away from us and we don't have any influence on them anymore. Or for some of us, we've never been able to have that experience at all. Like, one of the greatest joys that I have had as a pastor while being here at this church is watching the development of the relationship between Don Champion and Amelie Dreyer. Like, because Marley and Vickers and little Leo there, and they're from South Africa. They don't have family here. But yet, the relationship that has developed between Don and Amelie is like Don's an adopted grandfather. And, it's, and it reflects the incredible attitude that Don has to invest and influence the next generation and seeing that the kids that are part of this church family is in fact part of his family and so he's prepared to, to actually be involved in that. So my, my question or my what I want to suggest is saying that if we as a church family want to see our church grow, what we do know more than anything else is that we have to help invest in and influence the next generation because our f- people around us are all families. And so we, my, my challenge to us today is saying, will you prepared to ad- adjust your perspective to think about, you know what, I want to influence and invest in the next generation. I want to have spiritual influence upon children. And if that's the case, then, then perhaps you might want to be come and be part of the kids ministry team and be part of the mainly music team on, on Wednesdays as we together influence the next generation. If these kids that God is bringing across our paths and part of our church family are part of our family, then we can equally invest and influence our kids as much as we may do at home or at other circumstances as well. We, there's a ceiling on our, our abilities as a church to grow, there's a ceiling upon that, and it, it has to do with how well we can actually resource our ministry to the next generation and prepare to influence them. You know, we have, um, we've got good coverage for the younger kids, but we need uh, help for the older kids, you know, older primary and youth as well in that. So if you are prepared to, if you love kids, if you love your kids, you love kids in general, then why not consider influencing and investing in the next generation? Because we as a church, we need that for us to foster a, a church as family type environment. So... So that, I just wanted to add that in there as well. Now, just to bring this into a close before um, the team lead us in, in a final song, can I just say this? I know that there are many parents here today and you look back on, on your own parenting journey and these grandparents as well and think, you know what, I messed up there. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Can I just tell you this, that God is, grace, is gracious towards our mistakes. Our failings as parents, our failings as grandparents and spiritual influence, God is gracious. But, but we have to acknowledge, you know what, I, you know I, I want to do better moving forward. Now, if that's you today, if you recognise you want to do better in the influencing of your children, be it young, be it old, if you want to acknowledge that today, then we'd love to pray with you about that. Hopefully you've seen from today... I need God's help and I need his forgiveness where I haven't, as a dad, haven't done the the job that I I could have and should have done with my my daughter Taylor. But um, I am thankful for God's forgiveness and his continued work in my life to make me a better dad. Um, And so if that's you as well in your particular parenting role, I'd love to pray with you about that. So how about we pray and then we'll finish off our service. Lord God, I give you thanks and praise today for these incredible parents these incredible grandparents, Lord God, who are dealing with situations that in our unique context is <laughs> sometimes, you know, we, we we just don't know what to do and we've fumbled our way through it, but we know that you are gracious towards us, even in our failings. Lord, we love our kids so very much and we want to so much, Lord God, love them all the more. We want to influence them both for the age that they are and the people that they are yet to become. So Father, help all of us in our in our our journeys of influence upon the next generation. Lord God, be young kids and older adult kids that we have in our lives. Lord, I want to pray so much that we are able to receive your forgiveness and we operate in in a new way as parents and influencers into the future. Lord, we thank you for, the, for the, our kids, our grandkids, and the, the people, that the, kid, the next generation we have influence over. We thank you, that you where you've positioned us to do that. And I ask, Lord God, that you continue to guide us as we continue to influence our families. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.